welcome to the Play Cube Gamecast. I'm your host, Jason. Today with me is a very special collector host. Collector? <laughs> oh, man. I'm sorry. Just introduce yourself, please. Yep. Hi, I'm uh, Bill, also known as the uh, Barber Who Games on Instagram, and I'm the host of the uh, Gaming and Collecting Podcast. Uh, thanks for having me. Hey, thanks for coming on. We're here talking about Sonic Origins, but first things first. You're the guy who collects, and just judging by the wall right behind you, I'm estimating is at least worth $200,000. I, I could probably, if I ever was like in serious need of money, I could probably easily get myself out of it with my collection. I think my uh, Pokemon games alone are worth like a couple thousand dollars, so... <laughs> I know, you just posted that giant stack of uh, DS games, I'm just like... That is easily a lot of money. It's funny. I bought all of those like when they came out at like normal price, and now they're all like hundred dollar plus games for like no reason. It's crazy. I know. Just even trying to get like a case for my Heart Gold or yeah, my Soul Silver game. It is insane. Hmm. Uh, it's weird how like the gaming market has like fluctuated over the years because like it seems to go through cycles. For some reason, like Nintendo stuff kind of rules how collecting works and like it kind of goes by like what generation is currently in like their early 20s i like to say because right now it's like the crazy consoles that are impossible to find right now is n64 and gamecube like that's like the current like hot systems on the market ps2 is a little weird because there's so many games for the ps2 but original xbox nobody cares about it it's like the weirdest thing ever (laughs) Hey, it's perfect if you want to collect uh, some Halo games, some Jet Set Radio Future. It's funny because the original Xbox actually has arguably the best versions of most games from that generation. But nobody played them because like, o- only like a handful of people had an original Xbox at the time. I know my stepdad had an original Xbox growing up. Hmm. I mean, I was a Sony fanboy growing up, so I didn't experience it till much later. But I, I can't deny the system is pretty powerful and it's really cool. Oh yeah, I think the PS2 was the only thing I didn't have access to growing up. Which is weird because it was like, I don't know how many people I knew back in the day who had a PS2 but had no games for it because it was literally the family DVD player. Hey, that's how you make your money. You're like, all right, what is that? Is that an eight hundred dollar DVD player? Nah, fuck that. We don't need that. What is that? A PS2? Play games and play DVDs? Let's go! It's wild how that is literally the reason why the PS2 is the best-selling video game system of all time. (laughs) Not even counting its massive library of games, which are all excellent. Last time I checked, the PlayStation 2 had at least 2,000 different games. Yeah. I'm just like, god damn. It's crazy. And it's funny because the second best-selling game system of all time is the uh, Nintendo DS. Uh, it's like I, that close. I can't even imagine how many games are on the DS right now. The DS is actually a hard one now, too, because like everybody's like collecting DS stuff again, so all those games are like shooting up in price. Uh, and if it doesn't work, you just turn into like a GBA macro. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it's weird because like Game game collecting is like the worst hobby to get into right now because it's become such a unobtainable thing for like most like average people to just like start with. Yeah, and it doesn't help that you have like stuff like WADA, which is like the uh, graded pass. Yeah, the the graded thing that's supposedly a scam, but I don't want to get into it just because I don't know enough about it to be honest. I mean, it seems a little shady when you have investors being like, all right, we just, want to, we just want to buy some old games, make sure they're brand new, make sure they're graded at 9.8 pristine to collection addiction. Yeah. And it's like, we're going to sell this for so much money. Yeah. I, I don't, my problem with grading games is I, I buy games to play them and it like, I just, I don't get the point of sealing a game forever in a hunk of plastic just to never get played. I mean, that's what people did for that uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars that came out a couple years ago. They got mm. one to play, one to collect. Yeah, that's funny. I'm just like, a game needs to be played to know if they're good. 
Yeah, it's very true. Oh my god, you have such a random sealed box of like some NES game that no one remembers. There's yeah. only like a thousand copies left because they took the rest to a sledgehammers and just boom, boom, boom. Yep. <laughs> or Atari dumped him in a landfill. Oh, man. <laughs> I was just uh, imagining a world without Atari because just picture, we never if we never had Atari, we probably wouldn't have like a nice video game crash of 84. Nintendo probably wouldn't have reigned supreme for the next 20 years. Well, what's even crazier is Nintendo actually, like, when they first tried to make it in America, they uh, first tried to partner with Atari, and Atari turned them down. Damn. It's one of those funny... I think Sega tried to partner with Atari, too, and they turned Sega down as well. (laughs) Uh, Poor Sega. Sega does a lot of stuff right, but a lot of stuff wrong, you know? Sega is... Oh, an interesting company. Like everything they seemed to do back in the day was like so ahead of its time, but it was just way too early. And then they would shoot themselves in the foot with like the dumbest things. It didn't help too that back in the day, Sega of America, Sega of Japan, Sega of Europe were all like basically their own companies that just kind of all operated like on their own under one banner. And they all hated each other. Like, especially Sega of America and Sega Sega of Japan. Like, Sega of Japan was so bitter that, like, Sega always kind of flopped in Japan for whatever reason, but was successful in America. Of course they were successful in America. They had the angst, the 90s edge. They were like, Genesis does what Nintendo don't. Which is funny, because that ad was 100% true in the context of... um, a lot of people forget that ad was actually referring to the original Nintendo and not the Super Nintendo. Damn. So technically it was true. But back to the Sega Genesis, they struck gold when they were like, we need somebody who's cool, who's fast, who's blue. Alex Kidd is not cutting it. (laughs) (laughs) Poor Alex Kidd. I saw him on the... uh, PlayStation Plus Extra Plus Plus thing. I was like, I'm not tempted to play this at all whatsoever. You know, looking back at his games, they weren't awful, but there was no way Sega was going to like make like a uh, a killing off of those games at all because they were so average, like not bad, but just so unremarkable. Is I think the best way to put them. And they were like, you know what? Let's make Sonic the Hedgehog. He was basically designed in every way to be the anti-Mario. He was edgy, had an attitude. He was Um, so edgy, his hairstyle was spikes. And then, like, the early Sonic prototypes are some of the most amusing things ever. Like, at one point, he was supposed to have, like, a girlfriend and a band (laughs) and all sorts of weird stuff. I mean, he was part of a band. He was uh, with his siblings in Sonic Underground. That's true. <laughs> In the Sonic multiverse. The comics kind of made that a thing. But yeah, Sega really was ahead of its time. They even introduced the Sonic, the Sega CD add-on for their Genesis. Mm-hmm. Which is like, the Genesis already had a few bunch of add-ons. What's going on here? True. Although the CD, when it came out, wasn't a bad idea. They just horribly mismanaged it. Because it was like the same price of the regular Genesis, right? It wasn't exactly the same price. It was it was expensive for the time. And the problem was they didn't really know what to do with CDs yet. Because the CD, the, the whole CD medium was very new at the time. And a lot of developers really hadn't come to the idea of like, we have all this space. We What should we do with it? And at the time, a lot of developers kind of just thought full motion video, that's the future. Um, pretty, pretty animated cutscenes, like audio, like not so much gameplay wise. And I mean, as much as I love like the f- crappy full motion video games in like an ironic way, that wasn't really what the future of gaming was going to be, especially because the Sega CD wasn't particularly good at full motion video either. On the flip side, though, the games that 
did um, actually like try to be games, like particularly like the uh, RPGs like Lunar, Lunar Two, Popful Mail, uh, were phenomenal. And then of course Sonic CD. Okay. Which is interesting because Sonic CD, not to get too off topic, but Sonic CD is an interesting game in the series because back in the day, for the longest time. I swear people thought it was the greatest Sonic game ever made. And I'm convinced the majority of people who made those claims never actually played it because it was such a hard, it was, it was the most obscure Sonic game by far at the time out of the main, the mainline classic games, not like the spinoffs or anything. And I, I'm convinced a lot of people had never actually played it and were just kind of in this weird, like belief that it was just better and not saying it's a bad game, but it is very flawed compared to the rest of the classics. Um, especially the Sega CD original, in my opinion. But yeah, we have four games, all right? Well, four and a half. And yeah, it, 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 at first glance, it's five, but then you realize it's, it's actually four, technically. And these are all Genesis games, well, kind of. Sega CD, Sonic CD, not what's it, By extension, it's still part of the Genesis. We have Sonic the Hedgehog, Sonic the Hedgehog 2, Sonic CD... Wait, switch those around. Then, Sonic 3 and Sonic and Knuckles. Or as this game would put it, Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Yep, the way it was truly intended to be. Now, Sega does this weird thing where are like, you know what? This modern generation is not complete unless we put more Sonic Genesis titles on it. Now, the PS2, the mm-hmm. GameCube, they had the Mega Mix, the Mega Collection, and the Sonic Gems for some reason. And even going back to like the Sega Saturn had the Sonic Sonic Jam, probably the greatest uh, Sonic compilation of all time. Then on the Wii and the Wii U Virtual Console, you could get it. Hell, you can get the original two on like the Switch uh, eShop right now. Plus, they're also on uh, the Genesis app, and um, they're also in that Sega Genesis Collection game that came out. Or it's on your mobile phone. So there's now little- that. That's actually the key. The thing that's the point out is that those two mobile phone ports, the, this game Origins is actually take took those mobile ports for the first time and brought them to console finally. Okay. Because those were made with the retro engine that powered um, Mania. Okay. And they were like, you know what? Let's bring it to the big screen. Let's bring it into the modern console. Let's bring it to the next gen. Mm-hmm. 2022, we had Sonic Origins. And what a game it was. So, curiosity, like, when this was first announced, what were your thoughts? I was like, alright, cool. I'll totally drop $40 here. This can't be that bad, right? I mean, I've already bought Sonic... I've already bought Sonic 1, 2, and 3 about 20 times. What's what's a 21st time? <laughs> See, that's the thing. I didn't buy it 20 times. I have the Sonic Mega Collection on the GameCube, and that's it. <laughs> That's fair. Well, I do have the Genesis Mini, but that doesn't really count, does it's, it? It's missing one very important game out of the three. Yeah. Uh, which is actually another reason why this collection is significant, because it was the first time that Sonic 3 actually made an appearance in years. That's because Sonic 3 and Knuckles have the very distinctive, memorable music sequence that was helped that was, uh, sorry, not helped. That was compo- helped composed So by Michael Jackson and his collaboration crew? They will never fully admit it, um, for probably for some legal reasons, but it's pretty obvious that Michael Jackson was involved at one point. Yeah. Because specifically two songs in particular, the Sonic 3... So, if you beat Sonic 3, just Sonic 3, like on like the Genesis, without like connecting it to Knuckles, um, the ending credits theme for Sonic, just Sonic 3 alone, is literally Strangers in Moscow. <laughs> like it's note for note, Strangers in Moscow. Like there's, you listen to them side by side, and you're like, wait a minute. Huh. And then Carnival Night is um, heavily influenced by a uh, jam. I swear I was listening to the original Carnival Night just today. I'm just like, I'm just like, oh my god, this is a circus song, isn't it? It is, but if you listen to Michael Jackson's song Jam, like, and you listen to them side by side, you'll notice real quick that wait a minute, 
these are very similar. And I know a lot of people were complaining because they took the old Michael Jackson songs out and just put in like the old, old, old beta prototype songs in. The ones that were used in that Sonic uh, and Knuckles PC collection from like the 90s. Yeah. If anyone remembers that. <laughs> yeah, I I was like, all right, cool. I didn't notice anything out of place playing it first because I never made it that far in Sonic 3 and Knuckles by the time I was playing it on the Switch. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have any drawback to like, oh, this is supposed to sound different. And just listening to the original Ice Cap Zone just today, I was like, oh my god, this is so much better. Yeah, that... To, to me, the general consensus I've seen with Sonic Origins is the biggest complaint people have is the... Uh, so three songs were changed. The themes for Carnival Night, Ice Cap Zone, and Launch Base. All of which are arguably some of the most iconic songs from Sonic 3. Which I particularly was upset about Ice Cap and um, Launch Base to, to a lesser degree. Uh, Carnival Night, I like it from a nostalgic sense, even though it is literally just crazy Carnival Land. <laughs> but I will, I won't say the new songs are bad. I just don't think they're super fitting with the rest of the soundtrack. That is true, yeah. Which is weird because they were composed by uh, Jun Sonoi, who was like a longtime Sonic composer, who did the bonus stage music for uh, Sonic Three. Not not the 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 Chaos Emerald stages, like. Whenever you ended up in like that weird like, whenever you jump in a goalpost and you get like that weird like capsule machine, the spinning stage, or oh, yeah. the uh, electric balls, yeah. he did those three themes originally. Damn. But yes, it it's weird too because it's really weird. What what's weird to me is, in terms of like gameplay, Sonic Three was the only one that had never been converted to the retro engine. So this was like they finally converted it to the retro engine, and my god, does it play really good? Yeah, like compared to the original, like the retro engine is amazing on how like it not only recreates the feel of the classic Sonic games, but full on like actually like improves it like to like a perfect like exactly what like classic Sonic is about like momentum based platforming. So finally playing Sonic Three with that was like just like an amazing experience. Okay, I've never had any experience playing Sonic 3 on the original Genesis. Okay. The closest I ever came was playing the GameCube version. Which is very similar. So this was fun. This was... This this gameplay, this Origins collection, it finally helped me get through all the games. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Mostly because uh, they turned off all the lives. That is... Infinite lives. That is my favorite part of this collection, because... Lives are and lives have been an archaic like concept in gaming, pretty much since gaming went to consoles, in my opinion. Yeah, because lives were designed for arcades to get you to insert more quarters. Yeah, and once we got to consoles and that became irrelevant, lives just became more of an annoyance than anything. I think it was more of like a classic design. Was like, all right, we can't have them beating the game in one day, so we just give them some lives. And they'll be stuck in this one section for hours. Then they'll have to start all over again. Then keep going. Yeah, but nowadays, <laughs> nowadays we're just so fed up with lives that we're like, "This is so annoying." But I will say this: if I happen to play Sonic Two back in the nineties, back on the Genesis, and I made it to the final boss, and I died once, be okay. Final boss, Sonic the Hedgehog Two. It's two boss battles. Mm-hmm. You have Mechasonic. You have some Death Egg robot, ro- Dr. Robotnik mech. And you have to do 20 perfect hits. And you have zero rings. That means if you get hit once, you die. Mm-hmm. If you're not stocking up lives but on the original six, eight zones, you're going to die so many times and start all the way back over. Yep. And it doesn't help that the two stages right before this are um, Metropolis Zone, which is one of the hardest stages in the game, and then uh, Flying Winged Fortress Zone, which is just annoying. There's also Sky Chase Zone, but that's that's a that's a breather level. Yeah, but these uh, bosses, though, I'm happy that I had infinite lives 
Mm-hmm. Because you could tell the difference on Def like seventeen and Def a hundred on how it's yeah. to Sonic. You you get the pattern down eventually, and then it becomes somewhat trivial. Then it's like you're doing multiple hits every time. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ding 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 ding. Now it's funny though, is if you play the game as Knuckles, that entire boss changes considerably because Knuckles can't jump high enough, so you have to hit him from bat the back every time. Uh, or you have to time it when he bends downward. Damn. It is it is one of the most infuriating things ever, especially like if you're not prepared for it. I remember the first time I played his knuckles, I jumped right into the spike in time, and I was like, uh, he can't jump high enough. <laughs> this changes everything. See, that was my problem with Sonic, because every time I got to Dr. Robotnik's part, mm-hmm. he was walking, and the spikes would just time just right. I'm like, all right, cool. I can make this jump. Let's go. Die. Mother. Yep. The music, though, I still say is, like, such a great ending, like, theme. Like, to be honest, to me, like, the music in the Sonic series has always been, like, the highlight for every game pretty much since the inception. With the with, There's, like, a few exceptions, but the music has always been, like, that mainstay that keeps the Sonic series great, even if the games themselves are a little hit or miss. <laughs> I mean, it's telling that the original Green Hill Zone music is still around. Like, people remember it. Who was in the latest Sonic movie? Yep. The funniest thing about Green Hill Zone is Sega has to actually pay royalties to its composer to use it. (laughs) Because the uh, composer for the original two Sonic games actually owns the rights to his music. Damn. So anytime, like, Sega wants to use any song from those two games, they have to pay him, like, royalties. It's it's interesting. That's perfect. Which is interesting, because that also kind of happened with Sonic 3, but that's more of a controversial reason. <laughs> Another big gameplay change is uh, in Sonic the Hedgehog 1, you can actually do the spin dash. So the spin dash has been like on and off with Sonic 1 for a while now. Like They added it to Sonic Jam initially, and it kind of became like a thing that would either be in a re-release or it wouldn't be in a re-release for whatever reason. Like, it was in Sonic Genesis, the god-awful uh, Game Boy Advance port. Oh, shit. And it barely worked there because that game itself was broken. Um, I'm pretty Sonic Genesis was on the Game Boy Advance. I'm over here thinking about Sonic Advance, you know. So, Sonic Genesis was released as um, part of Sonic's 15th anniversary. Oh, no. And Sonic's 15th anniversary, if for people who don't know, is one of the most infamous anniversaries for a game because for a series, because it literally was so four games released in celebration of the anniversary Sonic 06, <laughs> Sonic Genesis, <laughs> Sonic Riders, and Sonic Rivals. Two of those games are decent, two of those games are the worst in the series. Which one Sonic Rivals? I can't picture that. Right so now. Rivals was the PSP game. Okay, cool. I've never heard of it then. Yeah, it was like a, a racing game, but you like side scroll through platforming stages, but you had to race characters through them. It wasn't awful, but it was it was very much a it exists kind of game. Because I was thinking about the uh, Sonic Battle on the GBA. That's a that's an interesting one too. Um, it's basically Smash Brothers. For, but Sonic on the GBA. Yeah. I love the art style in it. Like, it has a cool art, like, probably the coolest Sonic art style, even though the story mode in that game is, like, batshit insane. <laughs> oh, man. There's a point in that game story where Amy Rose starts um, starving herself and that goes through, like, hallucinations. Wait, what? Yeah, so th- this is how you, this dates this game with how, like, in terms of, like, story beats like that that would not happen these days but uh essentially she was worried about her figure so she was starving herself God. and she was going through hallucinations during the, her story mode it's the most what the hell thing like in a game ever and it, it screams 2003 <laughs> wow okay yeah to, the early 2000s were a very different time i mean there was just so much you can get away with you know yeah, well, I don't even know if it was getting away with. I think it was more just the social norms were so different then that people didn't really think anything of it. Oh, man. 
Yeah, I always remember that, though. I'm like, wow, that was a thing at one point. <laughs> I'm just over here dying. Yeah, the Sonic series is weird. <laughs> Very. And they're like, you know, let's just uh, put Sonic everywhere. A dozen TV shows, a couple of comics, 9,000 different games. Movie. Well, actually, the movie was good, so. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them. <laughs> I remember there was an arcade right next to my grandparents' uh, movie theater, and it just said arcade, and on the side next to it was a picture of Sonic the Hedgehog. And I bet they didn't actually have a Sonic game in there. No, they didn't. Because <laughs> I don't think any of the Sonic arcade games actually made it over here. Well, I was like, oh, hey, that's, uh, that stands out quite a bit, doesn't it? Mm. He wasn't, well, I mean, he still is an icon, but he was a mega icon back in the 90s and early 2000s. Which leads to back to Sonic Origins, because it's just like, Sonic is such a big character, and we want to bring everyone back to playing it. But at $40 for a price tag is a very steep price to bring him back to. So, I, I had mixed thoughts on that. Yeah, 40 is a bit much, but at the same time, they do give you a lot of content. They do. Because there's all the unlockable stuff, like the whole museum, um... All, all four game, four or five games, bonus modes. Like yeah. at first, when I first saw it, I thought forty. That's a bit much. But after playing it, I was kind of like, you know, they actually gave a fairly decent amount of stuff there. I'm not gonna lie. Because in the place of lives, you collect rings. Like, sorry, not just rings, like golden coins. Okay, mm-hmm. and. Throughout the game, you could either use that to replay an Emerald Zone, which I used plenty of times. Yes. <laughs> or you could unlock bonus content in the museum, which was also like five golden coins each. But that that bonus had... content is great, though I will I will say. Oh yeah, you have like the uh, shortened version of the Sega in the Sega Orchestra playing Sonic songs. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's definitely worth the 15 coins. All those fully uh, animated uh, cutscenes and stuff, the soundtrack by uh, T. Lopes. I think they got the Archie Comics writer, Ian Flynn, to actually do the writing in the game, too, which is kind of cool. I do appreciate the uh, cutscenes, though, because they were just like, we're going to tie all these games together as much as we can. They, honestly, it was really refreshing, like, playing these, because I played these games way back in the day, and, like, when you play playing them like on this collection, it was like the first time they felt new to me in like so in like years. Okay. Which I thought was a really nice touch. And like this game feels like a love letter to like fans in a lot of ways because there are so many little references and little hidden gems. Like even the menu, just looking at like the main menu like uh, area that you can kind of click through the different games and like the backgrounds change to reflect each game. Yeah. It, it's just it's neat how they like handled that. Oh yeah. Like, every little game has its own little island or set piece, and they're just like, yeah. oh, yeah, that's cool. It's like all these, it, like, so much nostalgia. Like, it's like, that brought, brought me back considerably. Uh, they added in all the playable characters from the classic days with all their bonus, like, content and stuff. I will say this. The original Sonic Sega CD version, or Sonic CD, on the Sega CD, on the Genesis, it did have its own little animated cutscene, but by that time, it was also very compressed and small. Yeah. But here it's full screen, it's glorious, and you can definitely tell that somebody made this. Yeah, they use the uh, they use the actual original uh, animation rather than the the bit crushed one that they had to put in the Sega CD version. And every game has it, so it's perfect. That, mm. That's the only reason I stayed on mission mode for so long, just so I could keep watching these cutscenes. Those cutscenes. Another thing too is uh, Sega the. Sega CD uh, game, Sonic CD, had uh, two soundtrack options, which was nice. Because we got the Japanese and American soundtracks. Which was a really nice touch, because I have nostalgia for the American soundtrack. Even if it is really oddly unfitting compared to the Japanese one. (laughs) Which is a nice touch. Like, this is a title that I would probably go back to again, just so I can get more lives, just so I can get more coins, just so I can unlock more of the mid the uh, museum content. Mm. It's honestly, in my opinion, probably the definitive way to play the classic Sonic games. Now, if you can get past the Sonic three music changes, 
That's a very tough sell. It, it is too, because it, it doesn't help that Ice Cap and Launch Base are such iconic tracks. But it probably helps that I when I play this, I'm also listening to podcasts, I'm watching YouTube mm-hmm. videos, so I don't really pay attention to the music and the games on the Switch because I'm in handheld mode anyway. True. And even then, in my opinion, the, the better songs are in the second half of the game anyways, which is untouched. Sonic 3 and Knuckles are just so fucking weird. They're, they're weird, but they're honestly my favorite in the classic series, just for the the crazy level designs, like the, 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 some of my favorite stages of all time, um, hi, hypersonic, hypersonic's a thing. Hypersonic. Something yeah, that, all the chaos emeralds on Sonic three version. I was like, all right, cool. I'm super Sonic. Next thing you know, wait, there's bigger emeralds. Yeah. You collected all those emeralds, huh? Well, now you got to do it again. <laughs> and they're harder this time. I will say this. This game is the first time I've managed to beat all the Blue Fear levels. So I, these fuckers are hard. Oh yeah. So I gotta I gotta ask, what's your favorite special stage out of the, the four? Okay, so the big four. We have original Sonic the Hedgehog one. That's the literally the psychedelic gem trip where you Yeah, the spinny stages where you gotta like get through the mazes. That is annoying as Fuck. Yeah, especially because like it, they can go so against you like on a dime, and you only access those by collecting like fifty rings and making it to the end of the stage. Which yep, sometimes it's hard, sometimes it's easy. Yeah, it's really weird. Sometimes you like always get it, and other times you be like a ring short. Yeah, and then Sonic Two introduced us to the half pipe, which is probably the most overused special stage in Sonic history. Hey, it's perfect. You just collect 50 rings, drop it to a checkpoint, then boom, half point. Yep. Half Those ha- The half pipes towards the end of the game, though, are ridiculous. See, this is where I, in the, uh, in the uh, old episode, where I used a time skip, just go back five seconds, collect more rings. Mm-hmm. But here it was like, spend a gold coin to try again. I'm like, all right, let's go. Yeah. <laughs> You know, it's actually kind of funny. In Sonic 2, you can, if you're like theoretically good enough, I don't know if they patched this out for Origins, but in the original version, if you're like good enough and skilled enough, you can actually get all eight emeralds, or not eight, all seven Chaos emeralds in green, uh, in the Emerald Hill Zone. I mean, you could. They have plenty of checkpoints, there's plenty of mm-hmm. rings. I got really close a couple of times. Like, it was fun mm-hmm. having and then- Supersonic on like the chemical zone. Yeah, <laughs> and he's still, he breaks, well, he actually, they fixed it a bit in, in uh, Origins, but in the original, he would break the game so badly, because he was too fast. Uh, then S- Sonic CD had the uh, the Mode 7 stages. I Sonic CD is like the one that just blurs my, out of my mind, because I was like, all right, it's cool, we're going back in time, we're going to the future, we're going to present, wherever that is, apparently. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, oh, hey, you need all this. You need to go up to this max speed in this short amount of time. Just like, get me out of here as fast as you can. I don't even care about collecting emeralds right now. Just get me out of here. So there's two methods of getting the good ending in that game. There's either you do the time travel and you actually like um, destroy all the robot generators in each stage, or you can collect all the time stones, which is the easier method, which is just uh, you basically have to... uh, it's the same as Sonic 1. You collect 50 rings and then jump into a giant ring at the end. But then the special stages are like these giant, like, it's basically, it was their way of showing off the Sega CD could do Mode 7, like the Super right. Nintendo could. So the the goal of the stage is you run around these Mode 7 style, like, arenas, and then you uh, have to destroy a bunch of UFOs before the what? time runs out. The fuck? Yeah, it's it's interesting. They're They're fun. They're kind of annoying, too. They're kind of like the ones in Mania, actually. Okay, I know what you're talking about, then. And then Sonic 3 gave us the, the glory that is Blue Spear. Blue Spear? You're on a grid, on a giant-ass sphere, and you collect blue spheres, and they turn red. But you can't touch the red ones, because you die. And the stage progressively gets faster and faster as you go. Or if you want to, you can collect all the rings and just double that speed yep but you'll get a continue which is pointless in a 
<laughs> which is pointless these days in this game. But yeah, the, I, I love Blue Spear mostly for the music and the the whole Easter egg. Where if, I don't well, actually, you can probably play it in a. I believe it's included in this, but back in the day, if you put Sonic One on the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge, um, back in the day, because of the whole lock on technology thing. Sonic 1 wasn't technically compatible, but if you plug Sonic 1 in, it would unlock the full Blue Spear game, which had, like, levels that went up into, like, the thousands. It was insane. I know I know. Uh, you could do, like, random Genesis titles and just put them on the lock-on Sonic 3 because that had to be special. Mm-hmm. So you could play Blue Spear with any game, but Sonic 1's the one that gave you, like, the full game with, like, yeah. millions of levels. Which was crazy. Oh, man. Yeah, like I said, Sonic 3 and Knuckles were just weird like that, all right? Because when they first came out, they had this lock-on technology where you just play it. And it's just like, this is the only time we're doing it, but we have this fancy new logo for lock-on. What's what's funny is, like, that was, like, the greatest marketing gimmick for something that was literally just, we didn't have enough time to finish the game. (laughs) So we needed to release it in two parts. And when you play it on this game, you can tell it's just, like, one giant, big, long game now. Well, it's funny, because if you play Sonic 3 by itself, you notice all these levels that are, like... There's, like, these weird passageways that you can't go through, and it, like... The stages are really short, and it's like, why does this feel incomplete? Hmm. But then you plug it in, and you realize, oh, there's literally an entire another game. I know, because I was looking at some of the maps on these levels from, like... Alright, there's a golden ring right there, but I can't access it because no matter how many times I try, it just won't work for Sonic. Yeah, because you need Knuckles. And then that was also the cool thing about Sonic 3 was three playable characters, and uh, they all had super forms, including Super Tails with his flicky army of death. (laughs) Oh, man. That final boss, too, was insane with the giant Eggman robot. Oh, yeah. I'm just so happy to beat Sonic and Knuckles. I was just like, all right, cool, I'm done. I don't have to do this again. Let's just move on. Yeah. It's it's fun looking at them because they really did shape what the series was going to be, like, become. And I do love that they managed to make a somewhat coherent storyline for Origins. Because mm. you have Dr. Robotnik. He's over here zapping away, creating robots, destroying birds. And somehow finding the time to build this giant death egg. Like this giant Death Star lookalike with Robotnik's face on it. Yeah. And you see it climb up to the sky in Sonic 2 and then crash down on Sonic 3. Yep. Then collect the Master Emerald and be like, all right, we're going back up, let's go. Then you just get down, stay down. Yeah, there's some crazy stuff. I also like how, like... So back in the day, it was always implied that uh, Knuckles' story took place after Sonic's. And I love how this game actually, like, fully, like, realizes how that works. Oh, yeah. Like, all, all the, the way that they tied everything together was excellent. Especially because these games had minimal story back in the day. Exactly. There's, like, here's Sonic, here's a Robotnik. Clash. Yep. Well, I mean, they were the 16-bit era was pretty... It was a very innovative innovative time, but it also had a lot of uh, growing pains at the same time. I mean, you're making a platformer in the 90s. Do you really need that much story? No. That was what the RPGs were for. <laughs> exactly. Nobody has time to read a million lines of text. Yep, especially when you got to go fast. <laughs> I, had to, I had to fit it in somewhere. <laughs> got to go fast. So out of the... Uh, four games, which one would you say was probably your favorite? Alright, let's see if I can rank these. From the bottom, I would rank Sonic CD. Then Sonic 1. Then Sonic 3 and Knuckles. Then Sonic 2. Okay. I'd have the same, except I'd switch Sonic 2 and Sonic 3. Okay. Sonic 3 was always my favorite. I appreciate Sonic the Hedgehog for being the original classic one, but oh my god, three acts is too long. Yeah, and, and a lot of those stages are like a slog to go through. Like, It's weird when you actually play the game and you realize only two of the stages are actually kind of fast. The rest of them are pretty slow. It's like, 
how are we going to follow up Green Hill very fast and flowing with Marble Zone? Yeah. If it wasn't for the fact that Marble Zone has like one of the catchiest themes in the game, it, that level would be so brutal. I know. It's like straight platform. You're just like, oh my god, I have to wait for this. I have to wait for that. Mm-hmm. Oh no, there's a spike chandelier dropping. I better wait for that. That level does have some really fun shortcuts, though, that you can find, like by like jumping through like hidden passages in the walls. I always thought that was fun. I do appreciate the casino themed areas, the Carnival Night one. That was fun. Carnival Night, uh, Spring Yard Zone, uh, car- uh, Casino Night. That's another yeah. classic. Old Casino Night. Because this was the first time I played Sonic 3 Knuckles all the way through, I made it to Ice Cap Zone and was like, oh, hey, I'm snowboarding. Yeah. This feels very similar to Sonic Adventure, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's actually implied in Sonic Adventure 2 that's the same stage. It's supposed to be the same stage. I was like, oh, this works totally fine. I'm cool with that. Then there's also this weird uh, Sandopolis Zone. Yeah, the desert level. Yeah, which With is, those, the ghosts from hell. <laughs> yeah, throughout this entire level, you have to move this giant stone to open doors, and you have to hit a lantern to make sure it's not too dark, otherwise ghosts will just pop out. And attack you. Which never appeared anywhere else, or before, and after this one moment. So yes. it's just like... Are you ready for something completely different? Sandopolis Zone was always kind of like the black sheep of that game. Like it would, it was very much like, "Wow, this is great! Everything's flying by," and then it's like, "Wow, this level is a drag." <laughs> and I'm over here trying not to die because I have sand rising on my feet, and the roof is getting super close right now. Yeah, but it was I, nice to see that return in Song Adventure too, which I never knew. But I was yeah. Like, I was like, oh, hey, that's where that's from? Huh. Yeah, back when Sega really cared about referencing the classics in the 3D games. I mean, it worked. I mean, I was pleasantly shocked. I was like, nice. Yeah. Now, the, there's a lot of great set pieces in these games. Like, I always say, like, a, a funny thing with these Sonic games, the classic Sonic games, is a lot of people I know who played them, they would beat the first level, no problem. Then they get to the second stage in each game, and that would be like where they would get stuck because, like, the second stage in each game is surprisingly difficult, right? Compared to the first level, anyways. Like, uh, Marble Zone is a challenge compared to Green Hill. Uh, a chemical Plant is significantly more challenging than uh, Emerald Hill, and uh, a Hydro City Zone is is very challenging compared to a. Emerald uh, uh, Angel Island Zone. See, here's the thing. You just have to make sure the second level always always contains the possibility of drowning. This is true. Whether it's in lava, nuclear waste, or just plain water. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, Hydrocity or Hydrocity? So it's I've heard debates. Um, so I got in a fandom argument with someone for calling it Hydrocity, and I was just kind of like, okay, <laughs> calm down there, buddy. Um, I, I've always called it Hydrocity. Sometimes I'll say hydro- Hydrocity. I guess it's it's kind of like tomato, tomato. Yeah, I mean, it's all spelled one word, and you're already going fast. It's a high-velocity kind of thing. Yeah, that, that was kind of what I thought. I I don't know. The, the fandom gets really sensitive about these things, so... I will say Sonic Origins is the very first time I've beat all three of the classic Genesis titles. I am a fan of the Sonic Adventure titles, mm-hmm. the early 3D, so come at me. I'd really like to see Adventure 1 and 2 remastered at some point. There are sometimes, at night, when I dream of the Sonic Adventures 1 and 2 logos appearing on my Switch. I'd, I'd, love, I'd love to see those games get a second chance, mostly because Adventure 1 is an absolute classic to me, but it has aged so poorly over the years. And I feel like it needs like, it could use like a nice touch up, especially because DX somehow made it worse. I'll never understand that. Episode two, this podcast, we did Sonic adventure. Oh yeah. (laughs) It was so bad. It's a classic game, but my God, is it glitchy? I just want to get to Sonic Adventure 2 of me and Jimmy so we can have a nice palate cleanser, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Uh, Adventure Two. That's another classic. That that was like the franchise like original sin though, because so many of like the franchise's negative aspects spawned from that game. No, we need a darker and edgier Sonic version of Sonic. Yeah, and he was supposed to, he was supposed to stay dead at the end of the game, but they decided he's too popular. We can't let him die. We gotta bring him back. Welcome, Shadow. We have to bring him back and make the story so confusing that no one will be able to understand how he came back. Oh, and then aliens happen, and then a lot of weird shit. And then, oh, and then he they just pretend it doesn't happen and soft reboot the series, and then a lot of things happen from there on out. It's crazy to me how, like, we went from the classics to, like, what the series is now, and sometimes I'm always like, how? But at the same time, I don't know if I care that much. So... At the end of Sonic 2 movie, they have a little teaser, Stinger, where it's a pod rising up from some kind of off-state, off-the-map, off-the-record laboratory. Inside is a vacuum-sealed Shadow the Hedgehog. Yep. Saw it coming. (laughs) And you're just like, huh, what origin, what possible storyline are they going to put in that Sonic 3 movie? Are we going to have like a clone of shadows running around? Are we going to have aliens just pop out of the sky? You know, I give the writers a lot of props for the Sonic movies, so I honestly think they could pull it off. Because those they've done a phenomenal job bringing Sonic to the big screen. Especially with how we thought that movie was going to turn out. I just want to see a scene where we have James Marsden's human character shooting a gun at aliens. <laughs> that would be something. Oh yeah, James Marsden, small town sheriff, now is the main leader in charge of that area for GUN. GUN <laughs> went from gun to GUN so fast. And Shadow works for them, even though they tried to kill him. Does that mean we'll be able to see Rouge the Bat in Sonic Three movie? Um, I don't know yet. <laughs> We'll have to wait and see. I don't know how they'd pull that one off. Listen, there's normal Sonic characters. Then there's Rouge the Bat, which is somehow the most sexiest, sultriest-looking bat animatronic human version there is. It's all by design because she has a massive cleavage line. Yeah. That was supposedly edited out in the four kids dub of Sonic X, but... I actually rewatched that recently. It's never added it out, so I think that was a hoax. <laughs> it's like we have the modestly dressed Amy Rose. We have the young cream. Then we have Rouge the Bat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. And the Sonic fandom has to be really weird about it. Because <laughs> there are Sonic fans, and then there are Sonic fans. <laughs> if there's anything that made me not want to publicly admit that I like Sonic, it's the Sonic fans. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, well, see, that's why I, whenever I say I'm a Sonic fan, I say I'm a Sonic fan of the games. <laughs> Not the fandom. I mean, the fandom is so bad that you can literally type in your name, followed by The Hedgehog, on yeah. Google right now, and you would probably find a hit. You'd find multiple hits. We did that back on the original Sonic Adventure episode a couple years ago, and oh my god, our choices, our versions of our names were just the worst. Yeah. Searching uh, Google anything Sonic related with safe search off is a very dangerous game. I mean, whatever you do, do not look up on Google right now, Sonic inflation. Oh yeah. Yep. I'm aware. (laughs) (laughs) I'm aware of that part of the fandom. I wish I wasn't, but, but I am aware. I mean, you just gotta see the cringe just to know how bad it is. The sad part is, though, that's just one part of the fan base, because there is normal Sonic fans who just want to play the games and and just want a good game. But then you have people who are just like, you know what, Sonic's a cool role model. I want to be like Sonic. But then I always question which Sonic, because Sonic's had a very mixed uh, attitude over the years. It's funny, because to me, when like ever a Sonic Games comes out and I see the reviews, I always think to myself, I can't trust any of these, because in reality, the fan base is its own worst enemy, and they hate everything regardless. 
So I'm always like, I have to play it because I'll never. I can't trust this this stuff because like they, they they think everything's terrible. Like Sonic Origins got a seventy percent, I think, on Metacritic, and I'm like, it's definitely just because of the songs, right? <laughs> it has to be because like there's no way it's that. I'm like a seventy for like the best versions of all these games, really. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. The score is like ninety four percent of people like it on Google. True. And Metacritic's not exactly the most accurate of um, services to use. But still. But I mean, I remember like when um, the Sonic Colors remake, well, remaster, came out around the same time. And all everyone trashed it in reviews, and I played it, I'm like, it's fine. I don't see what the big deal is. Yeah, Sonic Colors Ultimate is when the series started getting a little bit extra weird for me. Yeah. Well, it's weird, because everyone said that game is is borderline unplayable, and then I played it, I'm like, it, it's fine. It's literally exactly the same as it was back on the Wii. Is it? Does it need to be $40? Definitely not, because the, the Wii game was only $50. <laughs> like, Damn. I'm like, it's it's a 10-year-old game at this point. 20 would be would suffice, but they gotta make money somehow. <laughs> yeah, see, that's why I never picked up Sonic Colors. I was just like, yeah, that's uh, way too much for just one game, you know? Uh, original colors is a, is an all time classic. I'd, I'd say ultimate. That's a bit much, especially because it didn't really add anything. Okay. Worthwhile, anyways. Yeah. I am looking forward to Frontiers though. Frontiers looks interesting. I'll give you that. It, they're trying something new, which, granted, with Sonic is always a dangerous game, but this time it actually looks pretty good. Hey, all it takes is just three extra games before they go try something new. Well, yeah, it's the it's the life cycle of Sonic. It's like they finally get something that people like, and then they have to change it. <laughs> Looks at Lost World. <laughs> oh my god! Or or boom. Well, boom is its own interesting thing. Or at a time where Sonic was a werewolf and like Sonic Unleashed. Sonic Unleashed is a very interesting game because the da- the daytime Sonic levels are like some of the best Sonic levels ever made. Okay. And the Werehog stages. They're they're weird, because the platforming the platforming and stuff is actually pretty fun, but it, there's so much combat and it's so boring and repetitive after a while. Yeah, like you can finish a Sonic like a daytime Sonic stage in like ten like a minute. They're so fast, but then you do the Werehog levels and they take like ten to twenty minutes at times. Yeah, so that's a very hit or miss game. Like it's it's a very confused game. Which is one of the reasons why Colors was so well received because Colors literally just did nothing but daytime stages, and then Generations followed suit. Yeah, yeah, Generations was like phenomenal. That's still, I think, probably the best Sonic game in years. All right, so this was billed as five classic Genesis games coming to your modern TV, modern consoles. If there was a Sonic Origins two, for like. 3D games, or like, yeah, Sonic 3D Origins. What five 3D games would you bring? So, it would have to be Adventure 1, Adventure 2, Heroes. This is where it gets tricky. Yeah. Um, does Shadow count? Cause sure. It's... But do you, would you also want... Hmm... So now this is where we get where it gets confusing because the the cutoff has to be 06 because everything after that is like available pretty well. Other than I don't think Unleashed has ever been re released either. No. But Unleashed is like part of the modern era. See, th- this is where it gets confusing. So now here's the question though: Would would it does it have to be five games? <laughs> okay, it's like four and a half. I mean four. Well, I was kind of thinking like in Mario All-Stars logic where like the 3D All-Stars was like three games for no reason. Yeah, they couldn't squeeze in that uh, Sonic, that uh, Super Mario Galaxy 2 for some reason. Yeah, the, the one that's the better game, debatably, but um, depending on who you ask. Um, so, it okay, so back to this question, though. Definitely Adventure 1, 2, and Heroes. Shadow is such a weird game. I know. But you kind of need it because it completes that story. Like, it's People like to call it a spin-off, but it is a mainline Sonic game when you play it. Yeah. It's just not a good game, but th- that's besides the point. Um, 
All right, if we're going to do five, I guess that the obvious, most obvious choices are Adventure 1, 2, Heroes, Shadow, and 06. Okay. But the, here's the thing, though. If they did bring 06, would they actually try to fix it? Would you let them fix it? Well, here's the thing about 06. You could... There's a lot of ways to fix it. Like, you could fix the controls... Which would be a step in the right direction immediately because I, I, maybe this is controversial. I'm not sure. 06 has great levels to me. Okay. Like the I stages, the stages are great. Like they're well designed. Tons of alternate routes. Like it's it's. 06 is literally Sonic Adventure three, despite the fact that some people don't want to admit that. The problem is though, besides the controls being really bad and like stuff like that. There's no, there's no fixing that game's story. That game's sto- story is a dumpster fire. Oh wow! Like whenever I hear, whenever I hear people like be like, this. Whenever I hear children like say like the story's not that bad, I'm always like, there's literally bestiality in this game. Like, let's be real here. Hey, it's not full bestiality. Okay, it's just Sonic and. A human person kissing, you know? I always... I don't know if you ever saw the Sonic shorts on YouTube, like the little animated things that fans made. No. Well, one That's there was there was an old joke in one of those where um, they parody that scene and then they make the comment that it's like, I don't know what's weirder, the fact that she kissed an animal or a corpse. <laughs> God damn it. Yeah. Uh, There's a lot of things wrong with 06. But it also has a lot of great. It like soundtrack is the soundtrack's better than the game. <laughs> then again, you could say that for a lot of Sonic games. You could pretty much say that for every Sonic game, other than uh, Chronicles. But people don't really want to remember Chronicles ever happened. Which one was Chronicles? Uh, that was the RPG on the DS. Oh, the one that Bioware made and it wasn't good. <laughs> okay. It has some of the worst music in a Sonic game. Oh no. Like, it, it just sounds awful, especially for DS standards. Damn. So, Sonic Origins 2, Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2 Battle, Heroes, Heroes Shadow the Hedgehog, and 06. <laughs> and 06. That would be a very lopsided collection. <laughs> like, it would start off great, and then, oh my god, it would get so repetitive <laughs> towards the end. Especially if there's like a mission mode where you have to play everything in a row just to get the full story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, especially when you get to Shadow where it already has a mission mode. You know what? What if just for the hell of it, you when you get to the Shadow game, you have to do all the varying branches. Just oh, you have, to, you have to beat the game twelve times, I think. Yeah. Oh, that is the most. That's I've the only beat. I've only beat. You could do. Yeah, I've only ever beaten that game once because it's such a slog to get through. Uh, all, all for that really underwhelming final boss, Vo- voiced by Goku. Oh, but the uh, prize to beating that is you get to play Sonic 06 now. Yeah, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Enjoy the soundtrack. Uh I, lo- I love that game just for how broken it is. <laughs> like, there's so many occasions, like, a little off topic here, but Sonic 06 is, like, one of my favorite games to play just because, like, the weird stuff that can happen in that game. <laughs> like, it's so unstable, like, that there's points for, like, I remember, like, I was just kicking a rock in a stage randomly, and then Sonic just flew into the sky. <laughs> and I was like, oh, well, I guess that happened. You can, like, kick random boxes and make them levitate in the air. <laughs> like, I don't know what they programmed that game on, but my god, it's a disaster. You know what? You just make me want to find a copy of Sonic 06, because it just sounds fucking insane. Yeah, if you get a copy, get the Xbox version, because the PS3 version is somehow worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's the plan. Yeah. <laughs> It is an experience, though, definitely. Damn. Now I kind of want to replay the 3D Sonic games. 
Right? You make me want to play the... Break out the GameCube, play Sonic Adventure DX, and just have some fun. Yeah. It's not perfect, but it's fun. But as of right now, I think that's where this can uh, get cut off, you know? Yeah. That was a fun talk. I mean, Origins is honestly a... I'm surprised it took him this long to do it, but I'm really glad it actually came out. Sonic Origins is surprisingly decent for what it is. Hmm. And it's a modern way to play all the Genesis titles. And it has just so many added things to to make it worth the deal, basically. So it is definitely something I'd recommend on the basis of this is definitely the first time I've beat all four Genesis titles. Yeah. And there's literally only one downside, and that is such a nitpick. Like, Oh my god, they changed the music. They changed three music tracks. The horror. <laughs> oh my god, I can't believe they did it. But they, they made everything else copy. better. <laughs> they made everything else better, but they changed three music tracks, so it's terrible because of that. This is like Sega stomping on the grave of Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sega's totally the one doing that. Blame Sega. It's like Sonic Team went over, found a grave, and just took a massive dump on Michael Jackson. Yeah. (laughs) That would be something. I swear to God, if that's not already a Metacritic review right now for a 0 out of 10, I would believe it. I wouldn't be surprised. I've seen some of those reviews are like, really? Oh my god, I can't believe they put the spin dash in Sonic the Hedgehog 01. It is an instant 2 out of 10. Fuck this game. Why are his arms blue? (laughs) (laughs) Why does the story connect the games together? It wasn't like that originally. (laughs) Why is there animations? Fuck this thing. I did not want to see a cute animation version of Dr. Robotnik. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We, We joke about it, but honestly, these are things that I believe people probably have done. (laughs) Uh, Uh, no but this this was a really good talk though dude all right so please tell these with listeners where they could find you you and you and your thing yeah so i like i said earlier i'm bill from the gaming and collecting podcast uh the gaming collecting podcast is a gaming and anime-based uh, nostalgia podcast where me and my sister Alex just go over a bunch of uh, different games from our childhood and, and all sorts of different uh, gaming and anime-related topics. Uh, you can find it on all the major podcasting platforms, uh, particularly Apple uh, Podcast and Spotify. Um, and I'm also the host of a second podcast called The 3DO Experience, which is a, a retrospective podcast talking about the Panasonic uh, 3DO. Which is a very unique console from the early 90s. Mm-hmm. That nobody seems to talk about, which is why I'm filling that niche. Hey, good for you. I know on your original show, The Gaming Collecting, one of my favorite parts of your show is the uh, Pokemon retrospective where you go through each individual Pokemon. Yeah, that was that was an experience and a half. Like, I thought when we came up with that idea, I thought we could do it in one one episode. Oh, fuck. And then I realized episode one was over an hour and I'm like, I think we have to split this up. (laughs) And the worst part is like, it started out so strong. And then by the end, we were so sick of it. Like to the point where I actually fell asleep during uh, the recording of the sword and shield episode. God damn. Cause it it bored me to sleep. I know your co-host wasn't exactly interested because every time I heard her speak, it was like, it's cute. I don't like it. It's ugly. It's cute. It's ugly. It's cute. I'm yeah, like, she she was like, I think the problem was towards like the end, like she was just like, I, I'm, I'm over this. I want to move on now. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, that was a that was a great ex- experiment, but um, it was also a lesson learned. Like <laughs> some some of these things probably are better left not for podcasts. Yeah, it was fun, though. I will admit. I give you that. Yeah. It was fun early on because I was like, oh, hey, I remember these at all. And I got to the region from just like, did I play this game? No. <laughs> we got to X and Y and we were like, oh, <laughs> like all the nostalgia is gone now. And now we're just like, that's cool. 
Oh, hey, look, it's a Pokemon. It's a keychain. Uh, cool, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that, that was funny, though. Like, we, we got some, we did get some good one, like, zingers out of that, those later ones, though. All right. And what if you did, like, a compilation of, like, some of the best reactions then? That would be interesting. It would probably take a lot of editing, though, because I'd have uh, to, like, re listen to all of them. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking about doing a supercut at some point. Okay. Of just all of them, like, one after the other. That would take forever to edit, though. Yeah, I bet. Something to think about, though. As for us, you can find us on all the social medias, mostly Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And also TikTok, I guess. We're also on a getter, but that's really just a dead platform at this point, so more power to you if you spot us on there. And... I would say that would be it for this episode. Bill, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. This was definitely a fun discussion on Sonic Origins and the Sonic fandom and Sonic games in general. And that's it. Goodbye. See you guys.